0: Welcome to season two of the Connect FCS Ed podcast. Each episode is geared towards recruiting, supporting, and retaining past, current, and future professional family and consumer sciences educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Barb Scully. Today with me, I have Professor Dr. Gwendolyn Hosved. She is the president of the International Federation for Home Economics. Professor Gwendolyn, she teaches textiles, and product development at Texas State University. She started her four-year term as president of the International Federation for Home Economics in 2020. She sees herself in leadership of the IFHE as an opportunity for new generation of home economics to tackle important issues such as advanced technology, aging, and sustainability. Gwendolyn, in our conversation, she's really excited to talk to you as our listeners about what it is like to meet home economics from around the world. Where else do you have an educational system that resembles one throughout the rest of the world compared to here in the United States of family and consumer sciences? So I'm really excited to have Dr. Gwendolyn join me for this fun conversation. We also have a second guest with us. Our second guest is Dr. Janine Duncan. She has served as a teacher educator of family and consumer sciences for the past 16 years at multiple universities. She currently serves as the International Federation for Home Economics, Vice President for the Region of Americas. She represents IFHE as a representative to the United Nations and is co-chairing the IFHE World Congress 2022. Through her work with FCS, pre-service educators, Duncan explores the FCS discipline's commitment to critical science and its application to empowering the critical literacy and capacity of secondary students, especially surrounding inclusion, access, Equity and Diversity, IAED, and Global Competencies. Currently, she works with the AAFCS DEI community and is serving as an ACTE IAED mentor for a second year. So I'm really excited to be able to bring on these two amazing co-hosts who have expertise in this area. We need to keep informing everybody of all of the amazing organizations, affiliations, associations of the opportunities you have to network. So without further ado, I'm excited to bring on our guests for you to listen in to our fun conversation. Hi, Janine and Gwendolyn. Thank you so much for joining today on the pod. Glad to have you. Oh, we're excited to be here. We're just really glad to be with you
1: today, Barbara.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And yeah, let's dive in. I'm curious about what is the International Federation for Home Economics?
2: Well, I can jump right in. The first thing I want to talk about with you is specifically why I really uh, enjoy and put forward using the words home economics right because i know you're connect fcs and as um, american professionals we've gotten really used to using the term family consumer sciences but uh home economics is what our profession is called on the global stage so when we begin to talk with colleagues around the world who work in the very same areas that we work in they're going to be calling it home economics we're one of the only places in the world that it isn't called home economics. And so for that reason, throughout our conversation today, I'm going to just be calling it home economics, because that's uh, how I've gotten used to thinking about when I work with all of these colleagues from around the world. You know, um, one of the Great things about the international federation for home economics founded more than 100 years ago in 1908 uh, it was founded to um basically help ha- uh, have a conversation about home economics as a discipline on a global stage across global platforms and so I got involved because it's just a chance to meet people who share many of our same perspectives, but maybe not all of our exact same concerns or issues. So depending on what country they're in, they're structured a little differently, they have support coming from different places, or they have they have a different position or status within their society, you know. It can be easy sometimes for us to get a little bit defensive. We we sometimes feel like we have to always explain, you know, yes, we still exist, or this is what we do, or it's a lot of things, but we're all together. And so it's really great to meet people who receive different kinds of support or have a different perspective on what should be included or, or how things should work. So just to put it simply, the International Federation for Home Economics is the only international organization that's designed to promote home economics across the world. That's what the organization is in a nutshell.
0: Oh, I love it. So since you brought it up, when and where will Congress be held in the U.S.?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, And uh, we're so excited. Uh, We decided years ago, actually, that the IFHE World Congress, the 24th, would be held in the United States in Atlanta, Georgia. And so we have been working towards that. And what's really cool about our Congresses for IFHE is that they're held every four years, so it's a regular occurrence um, for, for the IFHE, and that the United States is lucky to have the Congress coming to us. Um, it's the first time since 1988, and prior to that, it was in the 1950s that the Congress came. So it's a very rare occasion, and, and so it's really we're really lucky to have it coming to the U.S., In 2022, September 6th through 10th, 2022.
0: Well, hmm, that makes me think, where do I want to be September
2: 6th? You know, the World Congress, I I didn't even um, mention this when Janine brought this up. Of course, initially, the IFE Some people may call it iffy, but iffy sounds kind of iffy, so we call it IFHE. Uh, IFHE initially met in Europe. So people from uh, uh, North America travel to Europe, uh, people from Asia and Africa travel to Europe to have some of those initial meetings. But of course, it's much more fun to have these meetings in different places around the world. Different people get to be hosts, you get to get a feel for their culture. Uh, So the first Congress I went to was in Lucerne, Switzerland. It was the 100th anniversary Congress. And uh, was the site of of some of the initial meetings for IFHE uh, 100 years before. Then I went to one in Australia and one in South Korea. Mm -hmm. Janine, did you go to those?
1: I did. Well, I was at South Korea, but my first was actually in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1988. And I I went as a new teacher. I was a second year teacher and I was a middle school teacher. Um, It was something that was part of the culture. Of where I went to school at the University of Illinois, and we had a group of people who were going, and I thought, well, you know, I had to make choices, and I went to IFHE that year, and it was remarkable. It's a remarkable experience, and you know, I'd had a question asked to me when I was there of why would somebody, why would just a middle school teacher come to the IFHE, and I, lo- I was just stunned by the question because I thought, well, why wouldn't we? <laughs> you know? And 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 really, what's to be gained? There's there's everything that we do as teachers of home economics, family consumer sciences now that we refer to it, is about trying to connect people. And that if we're really trying to connect people and build understandings um, cross-culturally, then the best way to do that is by working cross-culturally with our peers. And so the Congress gives us a great opportunity to do that.
0: So which that okay? so I'm kind of curious now, what is the 2023 World Home Economics Day theme? Is there a theme that goes into it?
2: So there's uh, a couple of different themes that we're playing with right now. Of course, the World Congress has a theme every year Well, every four years when the World Congress is held and that theme is soaring towards sustainability. That really reflects, you know, I tell people, um, home economics is one of the original sustainability disciplines. Here in the US, we were founded, uh, our foundress, Ellen Swallows Richards, was an environmental scientist who mapped the water table of Massachusetts to try and help protect families from water pollution, um, worked really hard to protect them from adulterated foods and low quality building products. And so we are definitely, we have sustainability cred. Right, so that's the theme for the World Congress. But every year, IFG also picks a theme related to home economics where we can showcase and celebrate what home economists around the world are doing to contribute to the important issues of our day. So uh, we uh, meet as an organization, we talk through different potential themes and then we pick them several years ahead of time so that we can pull together experts from around the world to really bring out the best in the issues that we've chosen to focus on. So for example, we just finished celebrating the theme of building resilient homes and families and wow was that theme timely like we didn't know back when we picked it that we were going to have a pandemic and that we were going to have these you know really frightening natural disasters like the flooding in Germany Germany is where IFG is actually headquartered now and so this issue of you know how do we uh, build literally the homes right so how do interior designers and urban planners make sure that that our homes can bounce back after disasters but then also the pandemic showed us that our home is our safe place, right? That's where we help our family uh, be safe from uh, the different things that we're worried about, and so we all got a ton of practice. But we're gonna set that theme aside and move to the next theme, which is waste literacy. And yeah, I'm excited about this one because as home economists, we're familiar with this concept of food literacy, right? So many of you have been working on food literacy projects. I have some. Uh, great colleagues in Canada and Australia who are spearheading international research collaborations related to food literacy. Waste literacy is a less known uh, concept, but it maps exactly the same way as food literacy. So waste literacy is understanding the impact that your waste choices have on your family, your community, the environment, and the economy. So the challenges of waste can feel really overwhelming to us, right? And it's so easy just to like shut the lid and I don't just mean like the lid in the bathroom or the lid of the trash can, right? But also the lids of our mind and imagine that everything is just going to disappear and that we don't have to think about the waste, but, uh, these, challenges related to waste, the accumulation of waste, the improper disposal of waste, the excess creation of waste. I know my fashion students are really um, concerned about fast fashion and how these products are basically disposable because they're made from such low quality materials and they fit so badly that they end up throwing them away after a little bit. And um, they're, you know, piling up in the landfills. So uh, waste literacy is something that we, as uh, home econ- home economics educators, can really work with our programs and our students and our communities to educate about the waste system and how our choices matter. We want to celebrate the best practices that uh, home economists are doing around waste education, the most engaging stories about where waste come from uh, comes from and where it goes uh, so we can really um, highlight some of the most effective ways to help um, people understand that waste matters. Personally I am I really care about waste a lot. you know I wear clothes that I make myself out of scraps right because I really want to like be a walking symbol of my concern around waste. At my university, I'm like the trash lady because <laughs> I'm always thinking about trash. I grew up up in the mountains in Colorado and we grew up without plumbing and electricity and just a little mountain community and we also didn't have uh, trash service so growing up it was always a question in my family about what we were going to do with every single piece of Um, the outside world that we brought into our family community there. So if it was plastic, could we recycle it into something? You know, the bread bags that my grandmother crocheted into rugs to use in bathrooms or kitchens, right? Um, If it was flammable, then we had a place we burned it. If it was food, we composted it. I can still walk you through the woods there and we can find the place where we buried the metal um, or the plastic that we couldn't figure out how else to get rid of. Although we dug up some of the metal later and sold it. We actually got some good money out of it. Um, So I have, from the very beginning, realized that um, the waste that we produce in our everyday life doesn't just magically go away. So I'm really excited about this theme. But of course, uh, plenty of other people can get involved in the World Home Economics Day theme by including uh, projects related to waste literacy in their uh, plans for teaching for the year or the projects that they're working on, document it, take pictures of it, um, and then share it on March 21st, 2023, which is World Home Economics Day. So it's a chance for all of us all around the world to celebrate something that we have in common. And this year, it's our work in waste literacy.
0: I love that. You just, you bring up a couple of things that just, it made me think back, you mentioned Ellen Swallow Richards being that she was the first person to really think about that sustainability movement and how it impacts families. And you you brought that up, which then kind of triggered my memory going, oh, yeah, I had a great conversation with Joyce Miles talking about the portrayal of Ellen Swallow Richards. And if anybody is listening, you can go back to the podcast and you can tune into episode 69 to get that a great conversation. But then you go into talking about sustainability and talking about waste management and all of that. And I love, I love that just because it made me think quite a few years ago, as a family, we were getting into composting, gardening, and that recyclable wares. And I found somebody and for in my kids were in uh, preschool at this time and I was able to uh, put on like a bazaar for the preschool and I was able to procure vendors to come in and one one of our vendors was a woman who she converted like dog food bags into sustainable grocery bags she was doing this movement before Mm -hmm. here in washington state where it became you have to now pay eight cents a bag Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the grocery stores but she was ahead of her time and that and that stuff just means so much to me because now i live in a community that there's no recycling And that just in coming from Western Washington, where it is ingrained in us to recycle everything, to compost everything, we don't have that recyclable uh, opportunity now.
2: But as a family consumer science professional, as home economists, we're empowered to actually think through how we can manage those situations. We're in a really lucky position you know um i think that i I read a really great book um about uh i can't remember his name last name was rome um it was about the first earth day and talking about how he called them housewives but i'd like to imagine that quite quite a lot of these quote housewives were actually home economics trained uh uh, women who were um, really concerned about litter and water pollution and air pollution in the 1970s and the original earth day was actually focused on um, removing waste from our environment And one of the kind of sad things as I read that book, I realized that um, there was definitely this idea that um we should solve our problems around waste using market forces so like you know we will buy recycled products and that will stimulate a market for recyclables and then the problem will be solved and of course one of the things i'd like to remember is that industries who are making money off of us want us to have conversations that are on their terms right about how we can use them to solve the problem just buy something recycled or recycle it here and that solves the problem but the whole point of home economics is that what happens in our homes is our business right we have the power within our homes and so we should be empowered through education and um, through options to actually have our home be the place that reflects our values and our um, choices in the world and i think that's something that from the very beginning home economics has been working to empower families to have their homes be places that are if this is what they want that have clean air and have, you know, clean energy or have, you know, what they need.
1: And I think that really ties well back to, you know, thinking about World Home Economics Day and this and this theme is Mm -hmm. what happens in our classrooms, um, Mm -hmm. you know, both middle and high school levels. And what choices are we making in our classrooms? Um, One of the things that my students were so frustrated with, um, when they were looking at Facebook, was um, the disposable aprons, for example, that were being used? It was a, it was for sanitation in terms of um, not, um, not the spreadability of disease, but at the same time, all of those plastic aprons are going into landfills. So there's choices that we can be making in terms of possibly using cloth you know, aprons so that they get washed. Um, you know, figuring out how to do that helping our students understand the kinds of decision making that do need to be made at the home level that Gwendolyn is referring to, but we have to make those visible to our students in our classrooms and so so why it's so important so it's
2: great that the world home economics day theme does tie in nicely with the world congress theme uh folks at the world congress i've seen a lot of the abstracts i'm the chair of the best practice track and i've seen a lot of the abstracts all of these really interesting international perspectives people from places all around the world you know from finland to thailand from you know nigeria to um you know latvia and just all of these different um, perspectives on sustainability and so i think that i'm really excited about the how we're um, rolling forward towards a, a great event of course we're excited too because it was postponed but um that means that we have even more um, pent up desire to, to see each other and see our international colleagues after such a long period where we weren't able to travel internationally.
0: Exactly. So which now this makes me start thinking more a little bit more globally, because here in the United States, think, we think just of our own. But I'm curious, how does IFHE advocate for Family Consumer Sciences at the United Nations.
2: You know, um, I think Janine and I can both speak to this because we've both been working in advocacy. Uh, of course, I have the role uh, as currently serving as IFE2 president of trying to think through our strategy and our vision and Janine's had the opportunity to, to be there on the ground and work on this. I IFHE is a UN consulting body. We were one of the original um, participants in the founding of the UN, supported the ideas behind the UN. We are definitely really strongly connected to this idea of an of a international community creating peace and health for, for people all around the world through collaboration. Uh, currently, the strategy that we're using right now is uh, we recognize that ministers in different government agencies around the world use the materials that they receive from their UN diplomats to reflect global policies and concerns when they're writing their own legislation. Great example is we have grants here in the US that fund um, parenting education and those parenting education grants, uh, in many cases, if we go back and look at the legislation, they're all over the world. Countries all over the world have these parenting education programs and they were stimulated by an organization very similar to us called the International Federation for Family Development that just gave people the language they could use when they were trying to justify spending money on parenting education. So we try to identify topics that are currently being discussed by groups at the UN, for example, the Commission on Sustainable Development or Social Development, I'm sorry, sustainable is a big part of it, or the UN um, uh, Commission on the Status of Women. And then we ask experts who are IFHE members or if they're not members yet, we encourage them to become members so that they can provide this expertise to go ahead and write a very detailed and specific statement about the topic. An example would be uh, the theme for a meeting might be about homelessness, but we'll say homelessness is vague. Anybody can write a statement saying homelessness is bad. Let's brainstorm, let's talk as experts, and let's come up with something really specific that we can advise uh, the UN or government agencies around the world to do, to address a very specific aspect of homelessness that's important to us as home economists. So that statement, for example, was about how the UN's investment certification scheme um, did not actually um, prevent uh, development projects that might dispossess women who were widows. In many countries, if you're widowed, you don't have the paperwork to prove that you own your property because it was in your husband's name. You may end up being dispossessed of your land because of poor legal protection and we didn't want uh, UN or World Bank investment projects to be encouraging taking land away from women who may not have the proper paperwork. That is incredibly nitty and gritty. And it's the kind of thing that we could only write because we had colleagues from all around the world who were thinking about the very specific lived experience in their particular part of the world. And we could hand over these statements to the ministers and diplomats at the UN tell them, you know, we're home economists and we're here to give you very specific advice in this case related to um, uh, homelessness, but we look at the agendas for the meetings for each year and really try to dig in and then call for experts to help us from around the world. We very often have Americans participate because the meetings are in New York. Right, so even if the statement is written by our colleagues from, you know, maybe Pakistan or Canada, then we'll have a colleague from the United States actually go and deliver the statement. Janine, Mm -hmm. tell us about what you've done at the UN. I've
1: heard the story. So my first introduction to working with IFHE um, with the UN was in 2014, and we were putting together a presentation um, of how how do we address poverty through home economics. And so we had that opportunity to make that presentation. And as we did that, it extended conversations with organizations, like-minded organizations who were attending that meeting. And so that was that was quite powerful. But what's what's surfacing through all of the work with the United Nations is really a commitment to the status of women. And so you heard in Gwendolyn's commentary thinking about widowed widows um, who were, you know, in terms of dealing with um, issues regarding property rights. Um, those are big issues, and and what we're seeing is that the whatever the issue is, you know, poverty, education, what, whatever the big issue is, is that when when we're addressing it for women's rights, we're addressing it for families' rights, um, because when you improve the quali- when when women are involved and when women are um, are advanced, families advanced, and and unfortunately we can't say the same thing about men worldwide. And, and so that's, that's a real powerful space. So when we start to look at the status of women, and that was the particular meeting that I went to, that I, I have attended in the past and I hope to attend eventually again after COVID has really gone away. But, but looking at the, sta- the commission of the status of women and all of the work that's being done on behalf of women, with women, for women, um, really has an impact not only with all of those amazing things that are happening worldwide, um, but really specifically um, the my effort as a listener for home economics is to distill what what are the things that we as home economists can bring forward and what ought we be working on. Um, and so you know just you know thinking about, of me in my place. So here I am in the United States. What does that mean? And what what becomes clear is that there's much documentation that you know, if we're talking about rural women um, in developing countries, we all and the issues that they're confronting. We also know that rural women in developed countries, even the United States, have similar issues. And so we, in the United States, as home economists, family consumer scientists, we have opportunities to help raise up. Um, the status of women, rural women in our, in our country, just as we are working to do that internationally. And so, so that, that kind of effort, I think is pretty powerful. Um, What I'd love to see, and this is, you know, and I know this is on Gwendolyn's, um, you know, visionary, vision (laughs) board too, is that we need to get students involved. And so for those of us who are working in universities and thinking about the kind of projects that we can be doing with them, how can we help bring some of their work, their ideas, and their good listening skills to the United Nations so that they can create an energy of their own as they step into becoming young professionals for home economics.
2: So, you know, one of the benefits of IFHE membership is that you get these emails, requests for things like participation as experts. So if you have a listener who's a family consumer science educator in, you know, Minnesota um, to bring up the the previous World Congress location, and they're asking like, oh, you know, that sounds interesting, but how can I get involved? Mm -hmm. Um, Then if you're an IFHE member, you're going to see which topics we're working on uh, for global advocacy. And you can use that to stimulate conversations with your students. So I think that some of the access to the information about the global conversation can be an example of a a good um, benefit to IPHU membership.
1: And I guess one last thought that I'm going to pull into that is that everything that the United Nations is doing is revolving around the sustainable development goals. And home economists um, worldwide, we align with those sustainable development goals. And that as you're thinking about, you know, what Gwendolyn just offered in terms of you know, bringing, bringing those kinds of themes, connecting back to the sustainable development goals would be extraordinarily powerful for bringing in you.
2: That's a great point, uh, Janine. I love using the sustainable development goals as a, uh... A teaching frame within my courses, just laying out mm-hmm. all 17 of the goals and then explaining how home economics um, aligns with all of the goals. And then also asking my students through the course of the semester um, which of the topics that we're talking about today fits with which um, development goal so that they can really understand that things like, you know, seeking justice or gender equality or improving health and wellness um, are the things we're talking about align with this global conversation.
0: I love this conversation because. I'm teaching interior design, too, for the first time in my my high school classes, and we're going to be talking a huge part of the curriculum that I'm developing through this is sustainability and looking at things environmentally. So this is a huge topic that I'm very interested in for my own students and, and also my personal life, because I'm going to be going through a home remodel here pretty soon. So things to think about.
2: I just read an article about a a home and I think it was up in Seattle. They actually were able to completely deconstruct the home. All that was left was a single bucket, right? So they picked um, different, instead of the typical concrete, they picked different binders. They were able to recycle a hundred percent of that home when they took it apart, except for a bucket of material, right? Oh so, I mean, when you think about teaching interior design, like asking the interior designers, but what happens when we take it all apart? That gets back to the waste literacy, right? Wh- um, what will be left at the end of this, right? Thinking about the teardown while you're discussing the build, right? So, um, I think there are great examples all around us of people working really hard on this topic.
0: Uh, yes. All right. So let's wrap up this fun conversation in. I would like to know for our listeners, why is it important for them to join the International Federation of Home Economics? What can it do for you?
2: That's a great question. You know, I like to lead into this by talking about some research that I helped conduct when I was a doctoral student at Kansas State University uh, some number of years ago, almost 15 now. God, how time flies. But uh, uh, we did a survey of FCS professionals uh, across the country and the focus of the survey was on internationalization. And so once you agree that like international internationalization is a good thing, that helping your students understand global issues, teaching about things like global supply chains, global citizenship, that once you decide this is a good thing. Sometimes the next step though is a bit of a challenge, like, okay, what do I do? We ask these professionals like, why do you, why, why do you include international things in your work, like in your teaching, or why do you have an international focus in your research, or why do you do international service? and what are the barriers to those? And we heard a lot of things that people said were barriers. They said that they didn't have enough money, that they didn't have support from their administrators, that they didn't have time to do it, that it wasn't gonna be rewarded in their particular um, merit process, right? But when we actually looked at who did international activities and then correlated that with the barriers or motivators that they experienced, what we found actually predicted whether or not people were engaged in international activities was their answer to a question like, I know somebody who can help me figure out how to do this, or I know the next thing to do. So in fact, although people feel like what's stopping them from being involved internationally is time and money and um, support from their boss, what's actually preventing them is their personal capability. So joining IFHE is the first step and a really great step to answer the question, how do I do this? Right? How do I include the U.N. Sustainable Development Goals in my education? How do I add an international sample to my next research project? How do I figure out how to get you know go to another country? Or um, what are the right things that I should include? You know, when I was in Australia um, uh, for the World Congress, I met a bunch of, of teacher cert students from Ireland. They were there because Ireland and Australia, like the United States, have a very similar home economics education system, right? They all speak English. They were there looking for work because, you know, the United States is not the only country that's experiencing challenges in um, hiring FCS teachers, right? These other countries like Ireland and Australia have these challenges as well. So they recognize that, oh, actually I could be a teacher in another country. It's something that I don't know if any of your listeners have ever thought about, right? But um, in fact, there are other places around the world that are looking for family and consumer science teachers. And you would never know about this opportunity unless you were participating with IFHE. It helps you make the contacts and understand. It's It's not the simplest thing to do, but, knowing I know somebody I know what to do are the next steps in internationalizing so besides just that really um, you know pushing down that first barrier to being involved internationally the concrete benefits to uh, membership in IFEG are obviously that you are eligible to present your um, research to uh, conduct workshops or exhibit your textiles and interior design designs at IFHE World Congress or at various conferences that we have. We have a a biannual council that meets in between the congresses that are every four years. There are project and travel grants and scholarships that are available to IFHE members. Uh, IFHE members obviously receive reduced fees at IFHE events. So if you go to look at the registration for the World Congress, for example, you'll see that members get uh, a better rate, uh, which is understandable. Um, You're also eligible to receive uh, or to apply for International Professional Home Economist Certification, which is a reflection of your participation in international home economics events and can be a great next level certification. If you've already done your state and your national um, uh, FCS certifications, what's next? This is the international one. And then, of course, we've already talked about the opportunity to serve as an expert or to represent uh, IFEG at the united nations besides just the fun that you can have by participating in world home economics day which is something we re- we encourage regardless of membership we have really specific um <laughs> like there's so much I'm, i have to take like a deep breath because there's so many different things i want to talk about here but um you can access our member database so if you're like oh i wonder if there's a home economist in this particular country i'm going to go visit Then if you're a member, you can actually see who they are and uh, connect and outreach. Um, You may discover that you're having a challenge with uh, people in your particular uh, region about um, funding or supporting home economics education. Trust me, your colleagues in other countries have had those same challenges and have successfully overcome them. So uh, joining this like-minded community of professionals around the world gives you an access to a much bigger pool of people that have uh, helpful perspectives. Janine, have I uh, I know I'd like try to cover the whole gamut there. What what have I uh, forgotten in all of the different uh, opportunities that joining IFAT can give you?
1: The only thing I would add is that there's resources. And so when you think about the challenges and and you know we're talking to FCS teachers here in the United States, the the, the what we've been challenged to do in family consumer sciences is to be able to help build global competence for our students because that's part of being career ready. And when we look to IFHE, that's this is the source, this is the, the quintessential source for international resources for home economics, family, consumer sciences. And so I think that's that's a really key piece. You know, there's all of the benefits that you talked about Gwendolyn, but, but also just getting information, that, that critical information that relates to our discipline. And um, I think that's a win.
2: You know, lastly, I would say I joined IFHE originally because I attended a AAFCS meeting and I looked around and I I kind of attended a few things and I, I was sort of like, you know, huh, I'm not sure that I've like actually found the people that I jive with, you know, as I just told you, like I'm, I'm known as the trash queen, right? Like I, I really, um, really care a lot about these topics. And over the years, I've seen more of this happen at AAFCS, but Maria Cannibal, my current department chair at my first AAFCS meeting, she said, you know, I know who you need to meet. And she pulled me into the room where the IFAG US people were meeting and introduced yes. me to them. And she was right. That was my home within AAFCS. I realized that I needed to find a, a place where um, I had the support to really feel proud. Um, when I am working with IFG, I'm proud to be a home economist. I can see the value that it has around the world. And, and I meet people who, um, who've never even thought for once about being, um, you know, a little awe shucks, you know, I'm a family consumer scientist, right? Um, and so it, it, for me personally, it has been incredibly empowering, uh, to have this experience. So, you know, if you ever are thinking like, you know, professionally, hmm, I don't know what's next. Um, then, uh, joining a global community can oftentimes be the, the answer to that, you know, what do I do now question.
1: Yeah, and you raised the 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 last connection to be made that was so important, Gwendolyn, that I want to make sure we shout it out is that um, affiliation with the International Federation for Home Economics gives gives affiliation with the International uh, Federation for Home Economics in the United States. So IFHE US. Yeah. And that, you know, you can you can be internationally connected. Without ever leaving the country. Right. Right. So so
2: let's say that international travel just isn't in the cards for you. You're afraid of flying. You don't, you know, you realize you're never, you're saving up for your new home. You're never going to have the money, right? It doesn't mean that you can't be engaged in IFHE activities because every member of IFHE is actually first a member of a national or regional affiliate, Mm -hmm. right? That's where you actually start. And then the federation is just the, the um, central or, or, um, federated activities that you receive through your membership in the, yeah. in the affiliate. So I think that Janine, that is a super important point because, yeah. Yeah. uh, for some people, even international travel every every four years may not be enough. But speaking of, um, you know, not being able to do international travel now's the time because the world Congress is in Atlanta. So we're bringing the entire world to you. Right? If you are within a, a stone throw or driving distance or a short you know flight to Atlanta in September, um, then you can actually experience IFHE without ever leaving the country. So now's the time uh, to really uh, get a taste of what uh, the global home economics community has to offer.
0: No, well, for me personally, I already I put it on my 2022 like goals. And that is to do more travel just because the last couple of years we've been Mm -hmm. told we can't travel. So that's I'm I'm heavily thinking already and trying to think, how can I put this spin to my CTE director in my district?
2: Well, if you, uh, I can, I can say this uh, as the president of the organization, and we have Janine right here. She knows all about the different resources. If you came to Atlanta and brought your laptop and your microphone, we would definitely make sure that you had a quiet corner where you could sit down, and we would deliver you some absolutely stellar people that you could talk to. So, if you needed a reason, including just having the chance to meet in person people that otherwise you would have to interview through Zoom and or that you may not know exactly who was the expert on something, coming to Atlanta, right, we would we would help you find the quiet place where you could actually have those conversations if you wanted. So I think, you know, there's a good reason uh, to come in September.
0: So you're telling me there needs to be a season three of the Connect FCS Ed podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Season three, the international version. I like
1: it. I like it. Well,
0: you ladies, you you brought up something also, uh, which is the the teacher shortage and how Ireland and Australia are, you know, they're trading back and forth and partnering, trying to get teachers to come teach in their countries. And on episode eighty seven, I had it was through the national partnership series. I had two new FCS educators, uh, Emerson Burroughs and Kevin Homan. Kevin is doing his student teaching, his second part to his student teaching in Ireland.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. That's yeah. so exciting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. and And it
1: was, and truly it's because of the connections that we have in the United States to our colleagues in Ireland and other places that allowed Kevin to be able to do that. And so we're really we are connectors. Um, You know, you have Connect FCS, that is your title, but I think connecting is at the heart of everything in home economics, family, consumer sciences. And so it was fun to be able to, for us to be able to contribute to that.
0: No, that is, and that's just really exciting for Kevin. And I think for globally uh, around the world, we need to bridge our professions together promoting our resources, the advocacies that we have going on, because we're all experiencing the same thing on that global scale. So I... I love, I love this conversation. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining me and sharing about the International Federation of Home Economics, your organization, U.S. and globally. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you
2: so much for inviting us. We really Yeah,
0: we're so
1: excited it. to share.
0: Well, don't go too far because you need to tune in to our next episode where we talk about the 2022 World Congress with Janine and Gwendolyn. So remember, we're better together and continue leading student success with FCS. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the Family and Consumer Sciences FCS Classroom sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun and sustainable and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics. From community engagement, leadership, classroom management, to lessons and more, each episode brings a different perspective, offering expert professional development, interviews from a collaborative worldwide FCS community, with the hope that it will inspire and empower you to make informed decisions. Together, we are better at leading the way to student success with FCS.